were talking at the end of the week, we were talking about who Jesus said we were. He said that we are salt and we are light. And I want to read that to you again. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said, but if you if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a sta- on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we talked about that for a while, but I want to talk a little more about it today. I want to talk about where we need to be light and where we need to be salt. Of course, in the world, generally, he said, let your light shine before others. But specifically, let's get a little more specific. First of all, in our homes, in the normal places of life, we need to be salt and we need to be light. And I think it's really important that we do that because if we don't, then our basic life will be inadequate and it will be less than it should be. So uh, I think that uh, I heard about two porcupines who lived in Alaska. It was very cold to keep warm. They decided to draw close together, but when they did that, they needled one another, so they pulled apart, but then they got cold again, so they moved close together, but they got needled. The poor porcupines, they were continuously either cold or else needling one another. That's the way with a lot of people in their homes. A lot of folks, even though they live together, even though they eat together, even though they have a relationship together, they, they really don't connect in a, in a good way. And as Christians, that's where we are to be in our homes. We're to be salt that, that makes everything better, that seasons everything that gives life to everything, stops the corruption. We're to be light, and he wants us to, to give light to our home. He wants us to bring zest and life to our kids and to our mate, and he wants us to make our life and our, our home a place of, dar- of light, not darkness. And I heard about a man who announced to his wife at breakfast that he was going to ask his employer for a raise. I'm grossly underpaid, he said, but I think today is the day to ask for a raise. He came home that night with good news. He got the raise, and in the meantime, his wife had prepared a festive dinner, candles, flowers, cloth napkins. I'm so proud of you, she said. I hope this meal will tell you how much I love you. When dinner was over, he was helping to clear the dishes when he discovered a second note under his wife's plate. It said, Darling, I know you're disappointed. And you and I both know that you deserved that raise, but I'm sorry you didn't get it. I love you, and I hope this special dinner will help you feel better. You see, the fact is she was willing to go either way. Why? Because she was being light. She was going to encourage him. She was being salt. She was trying to make his life better. And a raise is good, but a raise is not always possible. I don't know (coughs) what it is in your life that you need right now or want right now, but most of us take so much for granted, especially those we love the most. Many people are desperately lonely and need somebody to care. A famous British actor left a suicide note which read, I'm taking the only way out of this hell of loneliness. But loneliness can also be found 
in the church. One older woman said, I sit in the pew next to warm bodies every week, but I feel no heat. I am in the faith, but I draw no active love. I sing the hymns with those next to me, but I hear only my own voice. When the service is finished, I leave as I came in, hungry for someone to touch me, to tell me that I'm a person worth something to someone. Just a smile would do, or perhaps a gesture, or some sign that I'm not a stranger. You see, we all need that kind of encouragement. Look out for people when you come to church who seem to be sitting alone, who seem to not have anybody else with them. Encourage them. Give them a pat on the back. Let them know that you care. Tell them that you're glad they're there. Start a conversation with them. Mary Hughes said, a friend is the first person who comes in when the whole world has gone out. And that's so true. And being a friend is something everybody can be. You say, well, I'm not very outgoing. Well, that doesn't mean you can't be a friend. You can be salt. You can be light. You can care for people. I know several people who are not outgoing, but they have more friends than anybody I know. And I always wondered why until I got to know them better, and I realized it wasn't their outgoing personality because they didn't have that. I realized it was they took time with people. They cared for people. They express concern for people, and people respond to that all the time. And it was a genuine thing on the part of the giver and the receiver. And also, I would like for us to think of it in a little different light. I'd like for us to look at, at God, all that God has given us, and, and we're to be in that place a little salt. I read the, the other day in a magazine the true story of a young man named Kenneth Lundberg who lives in Riverside, Rhode Island. Every day Kenneth walks from his car to the university office where he works and there's just a 20-foot stretch of lawn there for a long time the lawn annoyed him because it was littered with cans and papers and other debris that students threw there he thought of writing letters to the editor or the school paper and even of organizing a cleanup day but he decided that nothing would be done and he would only succeed in raising his own blood pressure then one day Kenneth got an idea he would take ownership of that 20-foot plot of land. He didn't tell anyone about this, as it was probably against some regulation or the other, but he made himself personally responsible for the, art, for the environmental quality of 20-foot piece of lawn. Each day, to and from his car, he picked up the litter. He made a game of it, limiting himself to 10 items each day. At first, he carried it to the wastebasket in the building or took it to the car and carried it home with him. Then a curious thing occurred. Large orange barrels appeared at each end of the lawn. Someone on the maintenance crew had become his silent conspirator. Finally, Kenneth reached the point where he was picking faster than other people were littering. He looked in pride at his 20-foot lawn. It was beautifully green and free of trash. The rest of the campus was littered as ever, but that was somebody else's problem. He was taking care of his. He'd been tending his lawn for years, and his one-minute walk is his way to and from work is the highlight of his day. He begins and ends the day in a positive mood. He can't control the whole world, but he can control 20 feet of lawn. You see, each of us can take some little area of life and make it better. Each of us can do something to make life better for our family, for our friends, for our neighbors, for even those that we don't know. And... Sometimes we get so overwhelmed by all that is expected of us, we forget that it only takes, took this man 
a few a few minutes, maybe three or four, to go across his little lawn and pick up trash. And but he was making a difference, and it was showing, and people were noticing. And I'm excited that Christ has entrusted to me and to you the privilege of being salt and light. We don't deserve that privilege, but we are honored to be that. And so as we go about our days, let's continue to show it forth. There's a, a man who served as a guardsman at a place where many railroad trains used to cross the highway. That was before the automatic guard systems. And one night, it was getting late, and he was drowsy, and he fell asleep. And he was awakened by the train on the tracks, and he wasn't ready for it. And he saw the headlights of a car coming down the highway, and he was supposed to put down uh, the, the stop sign to stop the cars. But because he was drowsy and was getting up from his sleep, he was too late, and lives were lost. And you see, he, he had forgotten to do what he needed to do. He had not lit the lantern. He got out there, but he didn't have any lantern lit. So they couldn't see him in time. And you and I have to light our lantern. How do we do that? By trusting Jesus and asking him to let our light shine before men so that they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. God bless you. I hope you have a great day.